Welcome to another episode of the Money Mitch Effect. I am your host, Mitch Michael. It's always a delight to talk sports with you, have you listening on our conversations. A lot of football this week. I'm talking to my main man, Ryan Souls, about the wild NFL wildcard weekend. One extra game in each conference, uh, a couple extra blowouts. We break down all the action, the Bills and Josh Allen thumping the Patriots. All the way to the Monday night game where the Cardinals were dumped themselves by the Rams. Cowan Murphy and Cliff Kingsbury don't get the job done. We break down the Cowboys uh, laying an egg at home against the 49ers. And we preview every single matchup in the NFL Divisional round this weekend. The final eight are there, and we think it is the eight best teams in football. A lot to break down and discuss on this week's episode of the Money Mitch Effect, which starts right now. All right, now welcome on the Money Mitch Effect, talking football, probably the best, uh, the most action of the playoff season coming forward off of the Super Wildcard Weekend into the divisional round. It's Ryan Souls now on the show. Ryan, thanks for coming on today's program. we got a lot of games to break down, more to talk about, but uh, probably the sweet spot of the NFL playoffs with all these games. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a great time of year. Uh, a lot of great football left to be played, and I'm happy to be talking about it with you, man. Well, we're going to get right into it, uh, but I guess the first thing is, and I'll, I'll, you know, we'll do a little dealer's choice here. What was the, what was the one game, one player, one performance that stood out to you the most? If you had to pick one, I know there was a lot of, a lot of subpar play, but uh, what stood out? Let's say who impressed you, team or player, the most this weekend. You know, I think the team that probably impressed me the most was the Buffalo Bills, uh, just because of the way they beat the Patriots from the opening snap, they took them to the woodshed and we really hadn't seen the Patriots be beat down to a team twice in a row like that, maybe in the last 20 years. So I think that was probably the most impressive performance. I don't think they have gotten a monkey off their back to say yet, because I think they got to go further in the playoffs to start talking about that. But to at least say that, you know, you beat them twice in a row, you beat them in the playoffs, and you beat them handily. I think it's a lot, a lot to hang your hat on and a lot to build on. Yeah, a uh, couple of things I wanted to get to. I agree with you that they were the most impressive. Josh Allen, probably the most impressive individual performance. The, the team itself, two games against the Patriots, two games against Bill Belichick's defense. I know it's not the same as it was in the past, but two straight games where they didn't punt the football. Just insane efficiency. Doesn't get any better than that. Brian Dable, the OC, who... You know, it's going to be in the mix for a head coaching job for a lot of reasons. I, I love the fact that he basically he changed up his entire strategy from game two to game three in this series this year. You know, he was very aggressive from the get go. They wanted to jump on him early, and they did just that. Uh, the offense was rolling. The defense made some great plays. Micah Hyde with one of the best interceptions of the season. But what it comes down to is Josh Allen's performance. Ryan, uh, he's. Getting, getting more incredible by the day. The experience that he has, his ability as a runner, his decision-making has gotten way better. We know how big and tough and strong he is. He's done something that I didn't think could be done. He's actually given you a, a reasonable debate between him and Patrick Mahomes' future in the next 10, 10 or so years. Not like a flash in the pan. I don't want to say flash in the pan, but not like a, a, a hot streak, like a Justin Herbert type or, or even Joe Burrow just now. This is a, a long Long case study, a lot of data in there, and he's right up there with Mahomes as a guy that you trust to be the face of the league for the next 10, maybe even longer years. You know, I'm 
I'm definitely impressed with him. I'm not. It's I got to see mm. a little bit more to start calling Patrick Mahomes and putting him in that category. But you know, the contract would say that you know that's appropriate. You know, I just he's still prone to some some mistakes that Patrick Mahomes just doesn't make. Uh, maybe he's made a few of those this season. But since we've seen the Chiefs be really great, I haven't seen that that high ceiling level of play that we got from Patrick Mahomes. But I think you're right. I think right after Mahomes, we do need to be talking about Josh Allen. I yeah. just think that gap might be a little wider well, than I, um, people may think. I would I would agree with you on part of that. I definitely think that the ceiling still looks like it's Mahomes. But efficiency, I mean, he's right there this year. Now, this is two, yeah, straight, is. This is. Is two straight years where he is as efficient as, as Mahomes is. And I know the Chiefs were going through some stuff, and even in the game against the Steelers, which we'll get to, they started out sluggish and then you know booed the doors off of him. But he just does so much for that team. And the other side of it, too, is that he doesn't seem to be injury-prone at all, which is pretty remarkable given the fact that he plays such a physical style. He's going to run the ball. He's going to take hits. Dare I say it's the cliche, but he might be built different than, than any other quarterback. Yeah, he's almost impossible to bring down. And, you know, I think the comp that I always go to is pre-injury Dante Culpepper. Can throw it a mile, yeah. Yeah. huge body, hard yeah. to bring down, super efficient. You know, I think was underrated Dante was before he got hurt. And that's the big comp I see in Josh Allen. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, and, you know, like you said, like just super hard to tackle. He was throwing D linemen off of him. Uh, it was it was yeah, incredible man. and scary. You know the Patriots. Uh, just to kind of talk about them, I don't. I was on the train of you know not thinking they were as good when they got to that one seed position earlier in the year. They have a lot to do with their roster. Their secondary needs looks like it needs a complete overhaul. I actually didn't think Mac Jones looked that bad. There was no way he was going to win this game, but be, given the fact that he's a rookie and given the fact that they were up against it and couldn't get a stop, I thought he played okay. It's definitely something to build on. Uh, but for that team, they're going to have to uh, overhaul a lot of positions, and it starts with that defense. Yeah, I think they're going to have to change a lot. And, you know, I think the defense looked old and slow. They looked like the um, old archetype of New York Giants defenders, your, your big, strong guys, but they couldn't really move, and I think that got exposed. I think Bill's going to have to change how he goes about drafting, how he goes about looking for a certain type of player because, you know, the the Dante Hightowers, that that sort of archetype, I don't know it's, <clears throat> if that's going to work anymore with the, just how the league is going. And then I think we got to give some, some appropriate timing to the offense too in, in terms of them getting on track because I don't know. I think Mac Jones – definitely played the best out of the rookie quarterbacks but yeah he needs a receiver on where you I go mean, forward he, he, needs he absolutely a number one. needs a receiver yeah. and i think they got to take the reins off a little bit because yeah. what they did to the bills in that first meeting they'll never get to do that again no and, uh, and, and i just I, yeah I, I agree with that i just think that this is not just a patriots thing this is how a lot of people bring young quarterbacks into the league now there are exceptions and they're all famous but you know, I understand why they were patient. I do agree with you that next step is going to be them taking the reins off, and I think they will. But I just think, I mean, this highlighted that they have so many more more issues pressing than their quarterback position. Yeah. That's all this taught me. Um, but no, I mean, and depending on what happens with some of the other teams in this division, I mean, it's going to be tough. Bill's coaching into his seventies, which he said he wouldn't do, but this is like the last challenge, you know. And 
and don't think that because that then the former quarterback's still winning into his mid forties doesn't have anything to do with that. Oh, absolutely. And you know, I think people like to put time frames on things, but I think Bill hasn't there's no been no mention about his health or anything like that. I feel like he's gonna coach until he can't. Yeah. I think he probably just he gives people an answer so he doesn't have to get asked the question. I know, I know. Uh, okay, speaking of the former quarterback that he had, and not to rub salt in the wound, Ryan, but that Eagles-Bucks game, I mean, it did look a little scout team practice-like against TB12, at least early on. Oh, it did. I mean, the, the Buccaneers had control of the game from the very beginning. Uh, if the Eagles were going to have any chance to win that game, they were going to have to take control running the football. They were going to have to possess the football for a long time and play really, really strong defense with their front four. You know, this makes me happy that Jonathan Gannon is being asked to interview for other jobs because, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. he, he, he can go. We don't, we don't need him because, you know, I think Fletcher Cox has definitely got some time left in his prime, and I want to see that defense return to its form, you know, like it, when they were trying to compete for a championship, but the secondary's got to be overhauled. That We might have the – might have the worst linebacking core in the NFL. And I think, you know, we got a long way to go. And, you know, we benefited from there being a seventh playoff spot. It's true. Um, and, you know, the bigger picture, which we'll get to in just a second about that. I just think the Eagles, I mean, they benefited from it. They showed a lot of resolve. They weren't really exposed to be here. It was, in a way, playing with house money because you get the Wentz mm-hmm. trade that they won, that they fought hard when they were down, I think, one and three, two and four to start the year. Um, but Tampa was just better, and, and Tampa, you know, has their issues. I mean, I think you've got to look at the skill position. They they fit in nicely. I'm more worried, Ryan, about that line. I mean, I, I you know, Worfs was out there battling, but he's Worfs, compromised. Yep. Um, they, they, you know, you got to keep TB12 upright. You know, and, and they're going to mm-hmm. play, you know, the Rams team that's going to get after them, but you're looking down the road if they really want to defend, not going to get any easier. So that's what I look at there. The Eagles thing, I think Sirianni did a great job. His first year but I, did, I need to know what your thoughts are on Jalen Hurts because wasn't great and we're kind of still stuck in that crossroads of is he the guy is he not the guy what are the options like on the outside where are you now that we can put the 2021 season in the books on Jalen Hurts you know from everything that I've seen and read he seems to be a fantastic leader and person in the locker room and uh, the team loves playing for him and you know with all that being said I think He's the guy until you can find somebody better. I think there's a lot to this team that needs to be rebuilt and reconstructed. And I think Jalen Hurts is fine while that process is taking place. Because if you're Jeffrey Lurie, you know, if you're Sirianni, you may think differently. But, you know, you got to be honest. This team isn't ready to win right now. Uh, There's a lot that needs to be done on both sides of the ball. And I think Jalen Hurts can be your quarterback until you're absolutely ready to win. And, you know, maybe he does get better. Maybe he puts in a lot of time over the summer and they can kind of get away from the Lincoln-Riley style of offense and open it up a little bit. But until the team is ready to win, I think it's fine. I really do. Yeah. That's the fair point to be made, but if there is an option, if you like someone, not 
crazy in the draft, but I know that it's not as top heavy. But if there's someone out there that is within range, I get it. If there's a veteran you want to compete, I get that too. Um, but yeah, you don't want to just give up on him because there is potential. But you know, he missed some reads there that you know you need to be able to to make in that next step. Uh, last thing on the Eagles, if you had to bring back Gannon or Rieger, who would you pick? Oh man, why would Jalen Mills? <laughs> you bring him back. I'll I mean, bring him back. <laughs> yeah, Rieger, it's tough, man. I don't, I don't, I don't see it. I mean, it's. Just I mean, another... he's got you know he's got speed and you know he's he's. I don't know, man. It's just we've had bad luck with receivers, and yeah. besides Devontae Smith, but from JJ to mm. Rieger, it's just it's it, it's a kind of a, a rigmarole. So are we going back? I to, don't know. But, are we going back to James Trash and Todd Stinkston? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Pinkston. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Give me Brian Westbrook too, but I'll no. get Gannon out of here. Yeah. I hear you on that one. Uh, all right, so the other the other matchup too in that seventeen range was Chiefs Steelers and the Chiefs. You know, after a scoreless quarter and then the the TJ Watt touchdown, it was all Chiefs. After that, they closed the half beautifully. They opened the third quarter. They really won that middle of the game. I, I just I get to that point where we talk about if if the seven seed and what that meant, Ryan. And I understand that you know we have to we have to you know consider two things one there's an extra team that wouldn't normally make the playoffs and the other thing is a team that normally had a bye is playing in this first round i think it's not a bad mm-hmm. thing to have more football but i think we should just realistically expect most of these games to be blowouts there's going to be some good games i think there's going to be close competitive games in this matchup but i would say more often than not there's going to be a, a talent and skill discrepancy yeah i think you're absolutely right i think it's more of just the Thursday night football kind of model spilling over because I, th- I think we've come to expect, you know, most of those Thursday night matchups are bad football games. And I think we'll come to expect that in the first round of the playoffs too. Yeah. If there is a team, you know, it was the Niners this year, but they were the sixth seed, but a team that was battled by injuries, getting healthy at the right time, clicking, you know, that would be the team I would think to make the upset. Um, and just a couple notes on this one. I think the chiefs, didn't really I mean I don't really learn anything from this it's good they got the win but you know what I'm saying like I don't really I don't really get anything new learning from them being a Steelers team that they had such an advantage over yeah I don't I'm kind of with you there I think if anything it was it was good to see just them rebound from kind of getting punched in the mouth early Mm -hmm. because I, I think it's I don't think Patrick Mahomes or any of those guys are built that way but this team has been in some deep playoff um deficits you know to start the game beforehand so the fact that it didn't have to get to that point after you know the scoreless first quarter Watt doing what he did and really the the Chiefs acting like nothing happened I think uh shows a lot of growth to be honest yeah and Jarek McKinnon was a nice you know addition to the offense a guy that's battled injuries Mm -hmm. and you know he's finally finding his niche and he's doing it on a team that you know has a lot of skill a lot of skill too uh, and the Steelers, I mean, you know, this is Ben's last game. I'm finally ready to turn the page on that. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know where this team goes, Ryan, because obviously Tomlin's a great coach, no losing seasons. They've got skill at certain areas. They're going to get, we think, a healthy Juju back into the mix. He wasn't you know, healthy in this one. Najee Harris is good. Defense has some playmakers on it. You need to address the quarterback. You need to address one of the worst lines in football, too, the offensive line. So they're kind of at a crossroads as well. I'm thinking they might be trying to go in the veteran QB market and try to patchwork this because they don't really strike me as a team that ever really likes to rebuild fully. Yeah, I think they want to patchwork it as well, especially because, you know, this year's quarterback class isn't 
very you know the strongest you know compared to compared to previous years i think though this team and no disrespect to ben and his form you know his you know his aging form now or mason rudolph or duck hodges but to not have a losing season the last two years with those three quarterbacks as your options i feel like um the Rooneys and tomlin just feel like they need somebody serviceable at the position who's not going to turn the ball over who's going to make solid decisions and i think they feel like they can compete against anyone now in terms of trying to win a super bowl i think you would need somebody of a prime ben roethlisberger uh, caliber to you know to have those sort of aspirations but i don't think Tomlin or the Roonies are interested and like you said a full rebuild I think they want to try to patchwork this with all the talent that they have especially on defense for as long as possible and I think a veteran veteran quarterback is the best way to do that Ryan Souls here just who do you get yeah it's a tough one I don't know I the the market's going to be fascinating uh Ryan Souls here on the money Mitch effect um a couple more games in this wild card weekend we have to go over uh one being the first one that was played the uh the Raiders and Bengals with the Bengals winning that one. I uh, saw some good things out of Joe Burrow. Obviously saw Jamar Chase be a beast on third down. It's like he had all of his work there and also got the trifecta of some horrible officiating. So this was a nice welcome to the playoffs, keeping the 2021 season going. Absolutely. And, you know, once again, these refs think that the fans pay to see them. Uh, but the whistle thing a, was terrible. Like that can never happen. Like Man. that cannot happen. Never. Like a whistle is blown, no. the play is over. They can't make that argument that oh, it didn't affect anything. Because I don't, you know, I have no skin in the game. But the fact that you hear a whistle, you're going to pause, you're going to stop. Like that, it, it has to. You know, I. It was just 100%. it was unfortunate it came to that point. I, I thought the Bengals deserved to win this one. I thought the Raiders fought to the end, but you know, just not enough to get their offense over the line. And you know, their defense played played tough, Ryan, but. But what is it about this time of year? It's about third down stops and getting off the field. And Burrow, I mean, he's already setting in. He's already, you know, he was the most accurate QB in the entire NFL this year. And you saw it on third down in this game. You know what, though? I will say this, regardless of how the Bengals do going forward. Now, you know, I wish them all the best. Uh, And I think Jamar Chase was a great pick. And, you know, he'll win rookie of the year. They got to address this offensive line because Max Crosby was eating their lunch and um, they, they got to keep Burrow upright, especially with the knee that he's coming off, uh, co- you know, coming off. They, they got to address that in the future. If they want to continue to see this um, chase to uh, Burrow connection or vice versa. They do. But I mean, Crosby was eating everybody alive this year, <laughs> at least down the end of the he day. Was. So. He was, he was. Um, you know, it's hey man, it's not going to be easy uh, for the Bengals uh, in the next one against Tennessee, but they're way ahead of schedule. First playoff win in over 30 years. So uh, something to see. And for, for the Vegas Raiders, I mean, just to put a bow on them, Ryan, it was probably the most tumultuous off season or during season, I should say, that any team's had. They still make the playoffs with an interim coach. Now Mayock's out at GM, so they're going to have to overhaul a lot of positions. But, you know, you like to see these stories in sports where teams and players don't quit they don't pack it in and they kept pushing uh, and got a lot farther than people like myself thought they would yeah and i think you know they they have the the personnel really to do that you know Derek carr just seems like a stand-up solid guy and there, there's really no quitting him and i think you got guys like crosby and you know guys like uh waller you know they just they're, they're not 
the most talented, but they, they a lot of them still have the the soul of Raider, so to speak. So I think as long as you got guys that that bleed that silver and black and have that attitude, you know, you always got a chance if you got somebody competent at the helm. And besides, you seem like. Um, I don't know if he should come back as the head coach, but he should absolutely remain on the staff. Yeah, well, that's going to be fascinating, too, because we, you know the Davis family, Mark Davis, is looking for probably a, a splashy hire. And in not having the mm-hmm. same GM, and, and not just the Davis family, but they're blowing up the entire front office, it looks like. So it's probably going to be tough right. to, to stick around. But, I mean, he definitely deserves it, and I think you know he, he should be a part of this team or some team near the top. Uh, in the future, uh, all right. So we had a you had a bad weekend, bad Sunday morning with the Eagles, but you had to enjoy the Sunday afternoon watching the Cowboys lose at home again. Oh man, you know it, and you know we have been talking about this game probably for the last couple of weeks, you and me. And I thought that Dallas really was just going to win big because mm-hmm. I, I completely um, overestimated the the. I thought Dallas could block them, and they couldn't block them at all. And that's really what the game came down to. You know, Nick Bosa destroyed them, but it was really other guys on that line too. And Dallas couldn't block them. Uh, They couldn't get anything going with the offense. And on the other side, uh, they had no answer uh, for the San Francisco run game either. So I think the combination of those two things, you lose the line of scrimmage on both sides, you're going to lose. I just really thought Dallas could block them. Yeah, the the dream start for the Niners – getting uh, a long drive down the field, heavy running, power football um, scoring, and then you know the Cowboys offense sputtering out. But still in this game, I mean, Dallas had opportunities to come back, whether it was you know the Niners settling or not able to score touchdowns, settling for field goals, injuries to both Bosa and Warner, huge, huge injuries on mm-hmm. the defense, and still couldn't all the way claw back. This was – there was a lot there. I want to give the Niners credit because they fought hard. They got to this point. Debo Samuel's a beast, and he, he, you know, with the ball in his hands, he's one of the most dynamic players in the NFL. And I understand why Jimmy Garoppolo is still so loved in that locker room and in that coaching staff because he's not, you know, his ceiling might not be, you know, all-time level, but he does command the offense. At least he commands Kyle Shanahan's offense. He's got a couple dumb passes, it seems like, every game. But for running what they want to do, he does it pretty well. Uh, that that said, I mean, Dallas, Ryan, like so many dumb penalties, looked flat out unprepared at times, and that's on McCarthy. Like not knowing things and taking all these penalties and just, you know, sputtering out when the team, you could say some official calls that went their way and just the Niners letting them get chances to come back into it, and they couldn't take advantage. This to me was just, you know, laying an egg at home for Dallas. I agree, and... Like you say, this was the most penalized team in the NFL all season. They came out. They did not look ready to play at all. And I just think, you know, that game was kind of a, a microcosm of the season. It it was. I, You know, the last play, everyone's going to talk about that. I so much bad happened before okay. we got to that point. It's true. And uh, the fact that they still even had a chance going into it. Uh, you know, there's a weird game, of course. You had the, the punt hit the Jumbotron. Players are losing it in the sun and, and passes. You know, Dak just couldn't quite get going. It came out that Zeke had a – it looked like he had a torn PCL that he was playing through. Um, the team obviously missed Michael Gallup in there. But, you know, they had chances. And that last play, I mean, it's a high – like, I understand – I understand, like, somewhat of the logic behind it. 
But it's such a, you know, the margins are so slim on that, for lack of a better term, that you have to execute it perfectly. You can't run as far as Dak did. You know, he ran way too far. And you have to know the rules. They preach that at every level of football. You have to hand it to the right referee because as, this, as long as this game's been going, they have to spot the football. And to not know that, I mean, it's, you know, and it's a cop-out to blame the officials too like Dak and McCarthy did. So I didn't like that as well. No, I didn't either. But, you know, to me, Mitch, it looked like this is something they hadn't practiced in a couple months. Because how how do you get to the last few seconds, the last few plays of the game, and no one knew what to do? Well, what's the added like at bonus? All. Like, what's the added bonus of a throw from like the twenty-seven versus a throw from the maybe two throws from the forty? You know, I don't exactly. I don't know what the exactly. added bonus with that is. Uh, but another egg laid by Dallas, and I don't know where this team goes. I know the division is not pretty deep, but if you want to contend, I mean. The, this seemed like the time to do it, you know. I just, I don't know where they go. But flip side is the Niners are into the final uh, four in the NFC. Uh, they've got a lot of confidence going into uh, Lambeau. They've uh, righted the ship, and uh, they're that dangerous team that goes on the road, going to a place where they've won playoff games before. By the way, yeah, I think this is actually a really dangerous game for the Packers, just because you know the Packers are built like the greatest show on turf but you know they don't play in a dome and san francisco is built for the type of weather that green bay plays in so we're really going to see i think this week of preparation and how the floor has them ready to play because i live in chicago so we know how it feels this time of year in green bay it's only going to be colder and if San Francisco can come out and execute their game plan better than you, well, then we obviously know who was better prepared and who's more suited to play in the type of weather uh, that, you know, you fight, you fought all season to get home field for. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be this is going to be huge. One more game to talk about in the wild card. It was the Monday night game Rams Cardinals. It was another blowout with the Rams winning handily. Uh, props to the Rams. You know the offense looked well. The defense was getting after it. Spurred looked good. Acres had explosion again after the Achilles injury. Already back. Beckham is making plays, much to my chagrin. But this was again it, the Arizona Cardinals, the the Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray thing. Now we have to have serious doubts about what this team can achieve because the offense looked looked like it had no no options, no answers. DeAndre Hopkins lost completely crippled them. I don't know what Cliff's game, game plan was, and Kyler was atrocious. The the interception in the end zone was like a touching tribute to like Carson Wentz and Brandon Whedon. Like it was one of the worst throws you'll ever see. And we have to have serious concerns now about what this team, what this roster can accomplish. Agreed, and, and you know, and I, I'm not gonna put too much into the stock of looking at you know Cliff Kingsbury, you know, starting well and then collapsing from Texas Tech to now. But I do think just over his tenure in the NFL, he's had that trend, and I think something's got to be looked at there. I think also Kyler Murray, I don't know if it's a issue of him not being able to see. I, I don't know what it is, but when you make him play drop back quarterback and you can take you know the, the run pass option away from him, he seems a lot less superhuman uh, and a lot easier to contain. This team has a ton of work to do. You know, they started seven and zero. I believe they were ten and two at one point, and you know, this is where they end up. And that division is not getting any easier. Uh, they got a lot of work to do, and like you said, I don't know where they go from here. 
Yeah, it's not like the Seahawks are just going to roll over, I mean, depending on what happens with Russ, but it's not getting any easier uh, with the Niners, the Rams. I mean, it's 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 challenging, and maybe, you know, maybe it was just all smoke and mirrors and DeAndre Hopkins being that special, but hard to lay much on the defense for this one when your offense essentially doesn't give you anything, and, and not only that, Ryan, they were off the field so fast, too, so... Um, it was it was tough to see, but for the Rams, I mean, they're back into the divisional round. They're they're looking uh, efficient. Stafford didn't really do you know didn't really give the ball away, and uh, if the running game with Akers and, and Michelle could give them something going into this Tampa game, could be a fascinating one. I, I do want to just just transition right into those previews of the the final eight games, which by the way feels like I know the West round was not that great, but here's my spin zone. It looks like maybe these are really the best eight teams in football. Like we kind of got. The best. I think so. I I agree 100%. I think these games are going to be really good. I think we're in for a real treat compared to what we had to deal with last week. Yeah, first game is uh, Bengals and Titans with the Bengals, or the Titans a slight favorite, only like three and a half points. Derrick Henry's return, you know, how he looks, what the skill guys look like if you can get some stuff out of Brown and Julio. But I think if Henry's back playing at a high level, they can control the offense. That pass rush gets after Burrow, it's going to be a tough day. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm getting to that point now. I know he's a young quarterback, but it's hard to count Joe Burrow completely out. I just think that the Titans at home, if Derrick Henry can give them that A-plus running game, it's going to be a tough out. You know, I'll say this, Mitch, out of all the games, this feels like the hardest one to pick. And I don't know if that has to do with, like you said, Derrick Henry just coming back, but – that that burrow to chase connection, you know, no one's been able to stop it the last, you know, few weeks. And I think that if that gets loose and they the Titans aren't able to run the ball for whatever reason, I think this this could be a really interesting game. If it's close, I think anybody could win it. And if I if I, you know, we, we do those survivor pools or whatever, but I would stay the hell away from this game. So this is your hardest game to pick. I, I think there's one more. Which it is, man. I got one other game that's a little harder for me, but I hear what you're saying. I just think that I know everyone wants to just, you know, crap on the Titans a little bit. They're the ones, but they earned it, you know, and then they're getting their guy back. So this is not, you know, this is going to be the closest to the full health team. I just don't think the Bengals are quite ready. I'm going to, I'm going to go Titans in this one. Um, that the, the matchup we were just kind of talking about Rams and Bucks. Wow. Uh, in Tampa Bay, so a little home field there. I think the Rams still have a couple of weaknesses, but I, you know, their pass rush, Ryan, is going to give a real chance in this one against Tampa's O-line. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I'm, I'm leaning Tampa at home to, to get the job done, but, uh, I, God, I think this is a toss-up as well. Yeah, you know, I, I see this one a, a little bit differently. I think each team kind of has some some pieces missing, like we both talk about Tampa Bay with their offensive line, and that's a that that's a weakness now going against a, a direct strength in the Rams. But I got to come down to you know the quarterbacks, and I think you know I'm not taking anything away from Matt Stafford last night, but we never got to the point to where you know the money was pushed to the center of the table, and Matt Stafford had to show why he was brought there. I think he's going to have to show that in this game against um, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. And I do think uh, I I can't bet against Tom in a a contest with Matt Stafford. 
I hear you. I do. But if you know, how does Tom lost playoff games? It's pressure on him. So that's it's pressure. You know, it's pressure with four. He's lost. Yeah. He's lost to a lot lesser. I mean, every quarterback's lesser than him. But he's lost to lesser quarterbacks when you can get to him. So. That's what gives me pause to lean Tampa there. Um, Green Bay and San Francisco, Lambeau, close game. You know, I've been riding the Niners as well. You know, this is going to be a battle. I think the start's huge in this one. Packer offense gets rolling. I don't know that the Niners can can play from behind the way they're built, but I I, I think this is a I think this is Green Bay's you know year to make some make that run to the Super Bowl. I'm going to pick them to win this game, but this very well might be their toughest test before the Super Bowl. If if they do get there, that's that's where I'm at. This is not going to be a pushover by any means. I echo that 100. percent I think that Green Bay will win, but I do think that this could be their toughest test. What can Jimmy G do if they're going to ask him to throw the ball? That might be the key question. Can the Packer defense stop the run? They have that good secondary, but it's going to be about getting physical at the line of scrimmage. And if Warner and Bosa are back, that definitely gives them a lot of chances to uh, wreak havoc as much as you can on Aaron Rodgers. The toughest game for me to pick, uh, Bills-Chiefs. And I you know, talk about a potential ramifications. This very well could crown the AFC winner, the Super Bowl champion e- either way. Um, the Bills won in Arrowhead earlier this year, beat them up before the Chiefs got right. Ryan, I like the Bills in this one. I'm, I'm going out in a limb, but I think Buffalo is done. I do. Okay. See, I, yeah, I like the Chiefs here. The Chiefs you know, ever since they started getting right, they just seem like a much tougher team. They seem more disciplined. They seem a lot um, more mature. They don't have to win games and blowouts. You know, they keep their composure in close games. Frank Clark, Chris Jones, that defense is playing really well. I think Spags has kind of figured them out. And, you know, the biggest thing with on with the offense, you know, I was never worried about Hill or Kelsey, but to see McKinnon and to see Pringle and Hardman step up, I think has, you know, been made a real problem. Uh, and I like the Chiefs here. I agree with the fact that they've got right and they don't have to win games a certain way. You can say the same thing about the Bills, though. You know, they're they're kind of yeah. reaching their stride as well since they lost the, you know, they lose to the Patriots, they lose to the Bucks in OT. Since then, it's been all clean. It's been a uh, tremendous performance. They have that taste in their mouth from losing the AFC title game bad last year. You know they can come into this building and win. I'm just excited for a good football game. It's a coin flip, and I think it could be the Bills' time to do it, um, given the given the roster. And I think they're grinding towards a, a a good performance here. But should be a fun week of football. I'm excited to just see how this pans out because with eight teams left in the playoff picture, Ryan, we're getting to that point now where you know maybe all of them. I mean maybe anywhere between six and all of them, I think could be legit Super Bowl champions. And that's just the way we like it. Definitely. I agree a hundred percent. And I think really six, probably yeah, six out of them out mm-hmm. of the eight teams you'd mm-hmm. say are elite quarterbacks. Yeah. So, and the, and the other remaining ones are better than average quarterbacks, Tannehill included. Yeah, man, it's going to be fun. Can't wait for that. Ryan souls, uh, blast breaking down the games with you. Uh, We'll be talking football for sure. Uh, last question, unrelated. Uh, who do you, uh, you know, if you, let's say one word to sum up this Lakers season. One word? <laughs> Again. Oh, gee. Uh, one word that I can say yeah, like, one without word getting that, us in trouble. One word that you can say, <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say, man. I thought you were going to say word. Westbrook. That's hard. <laughs> no, I 
really the word that came to mind was turnover. It's like, not good. That's all they seem to do is turn the ball over. That's a good one. Yeah, it's just it hasn't been good. Uh, Lakers, Clippers, really struggling this year. Some eight seed, respect, respectively. Um, no, and, and the fact that yeah. it came out today that they were going to just let go Vogel. I mean. If I mean if you if you watch any basketball at all, I mean the, to blame Vogel for this one. I mean I don't know. The only thing that and that I can remotely blame Vogel for is Vogel was hired and was brought in to be a defensive mastermind. He's shown that as the Lakers coach, uh, with them winning the title in 2020 and et cetera, and even last year before injuries, um, but. This team has been horrible defensively. I think a lot of that has to do with personnel, but you would just think with the coaching. I just I feel like uh, if Tom Thibodeau was coaching this team on defense, I don't think their defensive rating would be this bad. Probably not. Probably not. Uh, and NBA season still going on. I think you know the Bulls and the Cavs doing well in the East. Uh, the West pretty open. The Warriors look good. It's gonna be fun. See how it shakes out. Uh, yeah, Ryan, it's like a throwback to us being in college, man. The I Bulls know. and the Cavs are good. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> think you're in college. I know. It's 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 trending that way. Uh, Ryan Souls, appreciate you coming on. Blast talking football with you on the Money Mitch Effect. And I appreciate you. Big thanks to Ryan Souls for appearing on this week's episode of the Money Mitch Effect. And if you like this episode and the entire catalog of the show can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Just search Money Mitch Effect. It'll pop right up on all your podcast platforms. Check out the Money Mitch Effect Facebook page and follow me on Twitter at MoneyMitchM21. Always a pleasure to talk sports and have you guys listen out there. More sports to talk next week. We recap the divisional round, preview NFL Conference Championship Sunday. And uh, talk about UFC, a big pay-per-view coming up this weekend, the heavyweight title unification fight, the champ Francis Nagano, Cyril Gan, the interim heavyweight champ, two big, big, bad heavyweights fighting for the crown. We'll recap that all next week as well. For Ryan Souls, I'm Mitch Michaels. This was the Money Mitch Effect. We'll see you next week. And remember, keep enjoying sports.